Hello, fellow law-abiding firearms owners. Thank you very much for attending the um, second installment of the Ladies' Gun Show, where we are exploring the world of firearm ownership. With me is Richard, my husband. Say hello, Richard. How you doing? So uh, today we're going to be um, talking a little bit more about a variety of topics, actually, and current events. Um, we're going to be talking about the... Um, I, I hang up on this all the time. It's the Brevard Gun Right Brevard County Gun Rights Preservation Forum. The big thank you very forum much. I'm glad weekend. you wrote that down earlier. I, did. <laughs> I left all my notes at home because I was in a rush to get here because <laughs> somebody didn't want to be late, and uh, we weren't late. Uh, but I I forgot my stuff. So big stack of papers, lots of work this morning, and it's all at home for me to uh, look through and see what I missed at the end of this this. Uh, well, anybody who's worked broadcast. with me on the range knows that early is early. Early, early is like on time, on time is late. So we're good. All we're right. here. Well, <laughs> glad I don't work with you on the range. <laughs> Hence why I do the classroom inside. That's it. Otherwise, it just wouldn't look good to students if we're sitting there battling out on the range. That's it. And we both have firearms. <clears throat> All right. Um, anyway, so uh, we're going to be talking about that forum because Richard and I were in attendance. There's a lot of really cool things that were said, things that are very interesting, um, perspectives, um, the approach that our Sheriff Wayne Ivey has on the Second Amendment sanctuary cities. We have a video clip. We're trying to get that uploaded right now. Um, and if we can, I'd love to share that with you because you're really hearing it directly from him. I I guess that's one of the biggest things, uh, one of the biggest problems I have is whenever I'm listening to news that I end up with um, somebody else interpreting what the facts are for me. Don't tell me, just give me the facts. Let me decide what it is that I want to see or I do see in this because maybe I'm just not as smart as you or better yet, maybe you're not as smart as me. Don't tell me what these facts are. Just or don't tell me what your conclusion is, right? Just give me the facts. Let me come to my own conclusion. So really, that's what we're going to be trying to do all the time here. Um, let's see. We're going to be talking about the Texas or actually the, the thwarted Texas church um, massacre that did not happen. It was the attempted massacre. Yep. And the reason why it didn't happen and why it... Uh, a lot of people lived, and uh, and it, and it as well as the response from the politicians on this thing, because some of them are mind blowing. I mean, we've got a lot of supportive type things, but we've also got politicians out there who, if they had their way, and expressed that if they had their way, um, the situation would have turned out far different. Well, you know what, and and the the biggest voices are coming from the anti-gun people. Mm -hmm. And why do these people have such large voices? Why are they giving so much more um, airtime? And so much more exposure to to actually the the population, the American population. Well, it's who population. owns the media. It's it's the media sources. You follow the media sources, they all go back to a few people. Uh, one of which is running for president right now and funding the whole Virginia mess. And so. and people need to be kind of like open your eyes to this, folks, because mm -hmm. um, as as easy as it was, you know, years ago, I remember listening to the news, coming to my own conclusion, and I trusted the news. You know, Walter Cronkite. Okay, yeah, I'm that old. Um, <laughs> 
But he would report the news and then you decipher what it is that you needed to to take out of it and what your takeaway was. Then you have a discussion about what your takeaway was um, compared to what your neighbor's takeaway was. And then mm-hmm. you kind of like exchange ideas and thoughts, interpretations. And I really think that that's a much healthier way to come upon making your decisions, especially who you're going to vote for. Um, I really try not to make this a political um, uh, forum. This is our podcast. It's a gun rights Um, and exploring the world of gun ownership. But I'm telling you, one of the things that's most important is the fact that if we are not paying attention to what's going on in our legislature, um, we're not going to have a world of firearm ownership. Mm -hmm. The the whole gun issue is very political right now. We cannot step away from the politics of it because we're talking about very clear lines in the sand that are being drawn, not just in Virginia, California, New Jersey, but right here in Florida. Uh, we're going to go into some bills later on. Um, I want to cover those. Uh, we have a lot of bills in the legislature right now that are going to be voted on. Um, the the period of reviewing these for our legislators has already started. Uh, so we're going to cover some of them, and they're mind-blowing what they're trying to do here. And it takes what's happening in Virginia, brings it to Florida. It takes what's happening in California and magnifies it and brings it to Florida. So we need to be aware of this because even some of our politicians that we've been talking to are not even aware of some of the bills that are out there and they're trying to push through. And they're the ones going to be voting on it, and they don't even know what's in there. So we'll be hitting that later. But Yeah, I mean, this is all important stuff. It's things that you need to be kept aware of. You're, you are free to research any of the, um, any of the facts that we, we share with you here on this show. And we'll be more than happy to tell you where we find these facts. We're not going to be skewing things, but we're going to be giving our own personal opinions. And that's where we get into our legal disclaimer. And we've got to make sure that we share that with you every time. Okay, we are going to touch on a lot of legal issues in this episode. And unless otherwise, stated, we want you to know and be very clear that we are not attorneys. Uh, We will discuss our observations and impressions and opinions on this show. We encourage you to seek your own legal device. I'm sorry. We encourage you to seek your own legal advice from a bona fide attorney who specializes in gun laws. But we are going to let you, um, we'll be more than happy to share with you where we're getting our sources so you can see it for yourself because I understand that you don't want to be have me drawing conclusions and, and feeding it to you because that's that just happening a little bit too much in the mm-hmm. media today. And a lot of what we're talking about, if there's links that need to be shared um, in places where you need information, uh, go on to Facebook to Florida 2A because I share a lot of the stuff out there. Um, I put links there and there's about four announcements now in the announcement section right at top. That's going to tell you how to reach your legislators, um, what kind of tactics to use, how to, um, what to ask them. So go there. We're trying to use that as a resource to share information. Um, if you need any of that information and it's not out there, uh, put a post out there. I'll respond to it and I'll get the information you need. And during this show, if you're listening to us live, feel free to pop up a message up on our um, up on a Facebook page. And we've actually got it on a big old monitor up here. We will be more than happy to answer your question or address your issue or just read your comment. I'm, I'll be more than happy to give your comment here, too. So please just uh, don't hesitate to interact with us. We really want you to uh, we really want to hear from you because this is informing everybody if we're missing a spot overlooking something come on just give us what you're thinking um you're welcome to do that and i think we should probably break and regroup and come back what do we have (laughs) we're starting to get our quarters here kind of mixed but we're established here so we'll be right back 
You're listening to Space Coast Podcast, home of the greatest podcast on the Space Coast. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor or having your own show, email us at spacecoastpodcast at hotmail.com. Space Coast Podcast. Talk hard! Hey, this is Trisha Schmalhofer, hostess of BAM, Badasses, Alchemists, and Mystics. This podcast is all about seeking knowledge, talking to experts, changing perspectives, channeling wisdom, and shifting consciousness. Listen as we invite a different badass guest each time from a variety of career fields who are living their purpose, spreading light, giving strength and hope, and changing lives every day. We stream live on Facebook, so like our page, interact with us, and watch the behind the scenes action. Find BAM, Badasses, Alchemists, and Mystics on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts under Space Coast Podcast Network. BAM! Welcome, welcome back to our show. Um, we started introducing a few topics um, before the break, and one of them I want to talk about um, it's not really old news right now because it's very relevant and it happened since our last podcast and it ties in very heavily to a lot of the things we're talking about today. And that's what happened in Texas. Um, the Texas, the shooting in Texas um, and the good guy with a gun who fixed a situation that could have been very, very bad. Um, and the response that some of our politicians had as well. Um, this is a prime example of what can happen when disaster strikes, but there's somebody there who's well-equipped well-trained and capable of taking care of the situation. Um, we had a, a guy who is a known felon, a convicted felon, who there's not a law in the world that would have stopped him from owning that firearm that he had because he wasn't legally able to own it to begin with. So you can put every gun law that we're talking about and the legislators talking about in place, that guy still would have had a gun, still would have been in the church, still would have been trying to kill people. Um, I actually uh, read a, an article where that guy actually, his mother pleaded with the judge who repealed, uh, hang on, let me back up. I want to say it was one of the um, states, I think it was New Jersey or something like that, where he had actually had a firearm um, or a gun um, yes. violation. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he actually had something on his record that would have, it was a felony with a firearm mm -hmm. and it would have prohibited him from purchasing a firearm or accessing, legally accessing a firearm in any other state in the country. Mm -hmm. But the judge chose to expunge this charge. So the problem is, is why did the judge do this? Okay. In addition, his mother actually pleaded, according to the article I read, his mother actually pleaded with the judge and said, listen, um, we need to have some psychiatric intervention here. He's just not quite right. There are some problems here. So, you know, some people will say, oh my goodness, red flag law. This is the perfect time. No, it's not. It's already in a judge's hand. This judge actually chose to go to say, you know what? I'm going to just was beyond kind of wipe any this red out. flag law. He was in, he was charged. He was, he was already in the system. Mm -hmm. He was already in the system. It was cleaned up. He was let go. Mm -hmm. He is somebody who needed mental health, um, evaluations, if not some serious assistance. And then he moves to Texas and he accesses a firearm, whether he bought it at a gun store or whether he bought it on the streets or whether he broke into somebody's house and stole it. All those things happen. You cannot, you cannot legislate evil. 
You cannot legislate criminals because criminals don't follow the law. And that's where we are, gun, um, law-abiding gun owners. And this is our problem. And this is the, it's the wrong solution. And I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, that's fine. Finish where you were going. But that just burns me up. So the bad guy having the guns unavoidable. That was there. Um, it happened. It would have happened either way. The good guys having the gun is only because we have the Second Amendment um, and the laws have not been changed to squash and step on our rights. Now, when it was brought forward to, who was it, uh, Pocahontas Warren there? And, um, yes. <laughs> the, the other one, Bloomberg, who owns half the media that oh, we yes. listen to or try to avoid listening to, when yeah. it was brought forward to them, um, their opinions on it, their thoughts in town halls and interviews, what did they say? The people who used the guns to save the lives of everybody in that church that day should not have been able to have a gun in there. Yeah, because so regular people shouldn't have guns. Right. And it's oh, Warren even went so far as to say that, you know, because there was a gun in there is why this happened. Well, yeah, but it wasn't brought in legal there. And not one damn thing that she would have done to it, to the laws, would have prevented that from happening. Guns are here. Right. Guns are here to stay. No matter what your laws are, no matter what laws you pass, there are going to be guns in attics in hidden all over the place. I'm not going to start it's not revealing where people are saying it's not that. Even you but got the, the guy guns, with the machete who's out there stabbing too. people too. You got a guy who killed 26 people before with a knife yeah. in Japan. I'm telling you, it's it's not about just the guns, but they're making it the guns. I don't know why they're doing that other mm-hmm. than, and I know this sounds sinister and it kind of sounds a little bit, uh, you know, paranoid, but I got to tell you, I'm I'm. There's got to be an underlying reason why they're attacking personally owned firearms as hard as they are. There's a bigger agenda, a much larger one. When we get into the bills that we're talking about, some of these bills parallel what's happened at previous previous stages in history. Um, and I got a perfect example that I came across reading last night uh, that I knew about that I'm going to talk about that happened in the 1930s in Germany. Um, what we're doing today mirrors what's happening there. The end result could be the same if we're not paying attention. So uh, that there is definitely a repeat of history that aligns with the same type of agenda they had then. They have it now. There's an agenda out there much larger because the facts prove it. Firearms in the presence of firearms in the presence of citizens reduces crime, reduces violent events. Um, it's not a. It's not just an assumption. The stats show it. Even the FBI, who um, there's a lot to say about them today that we won't um, because of what's happening in the political situation and where their alignment is. Even their research shows that the presence of firearms actually reduces crime. You look at all the states that have constitutional carry. Crime rate's much low. You look well, at you the know, yeah, I, I'm, and I'm going to jump ahead. right in here. Okay, so folks, if you're on the fence and you're not quite sure, you know, should citizens have firearms? Maybe, you know, they're onto something. I am really scared of guns. And of course, it's natural for us and, and really do a little self-analysis here. It's natural for us to be afraid of something we don't understand. If you don't understand guns, it's very easy to support laws against them. But, but the, what's scarier? The guy with the bad guy with the gun? Or the gun itself. Put yourself in the in those pews in that church in Texas. Now, all these laws went through. Bloomberg's right. Pocahontas is right. Everybody's right. We can't have guns. This guy comes in with a shotgun. Nobody in there has got a gun. How, what do you think the odds of you getting out of that church are alive? Yeah. So what's scarier, this guy with the shotgun or the fact that somebody legally has a gun, is trained with it, is knows how to use it, has been sitting next to you all along in church and you never even knew it, and it has the capability of saving your life? 
So what about people who aren't trained to use guns? So should we say, you know, um, regular, like they're saying, regular people shouldn't own guns or ordinary citizens. So how do you define an ordinary citizen and how do you define or do you, and I'm playing a little bit of devil's mm -hmm. advocate here. How do you define an ordinary citizen as, um, okay, you're capable of owning a gun, you're not? How do you, you, how can't. Do you decide that? And the Second Amendment makes no definition regarding who can and can't own a gun. You're an American citizen, you can own a gun. Mm -hmm. it, it's a right, and it, it even goes beyond the Constitution. The right to self-defense, to preserve your life, to the pr preserve the lives of those around you and, and your loved ones, is a human right. It's got nothing to do with legislation. The Constitution recognizes that. You can't stomp on it. It's recognized because it needs to be recognized because everybody wants to stomp on it. And if the Second Amendment wasn't included in the Constitution, we'd be just like a lot of the other countries around now. We would have nothing that would even recognize that we have that right to begin with. So now I remember maybe a year, year, uh, maybe year or two back when they were just starting to, to push for this gun control and, um, and we were starting to see these little grassroots things popping up um, and then banned assault weapons now and, mm -hmm. and all of that. So how do we... How, uh, totally just lost my thought. I'm sorry. I do, that <laughs> That's okay. I do that a lot. I'm going to start writing down. And of course that was in my notes with my little pen. I'm going to start writing this stuff down because it's come to me twice while you've been talking. And then my whole thing just kind of pops out of my head. It's going to come back. I promise you. And I'm going to share it with everybody. So why don't you just go on and continue? Okay. Again, going back to who can and can't own guns. Everybody can own guns. I mean, granted, there's yes. going to be situations where people are deemed unfit, but that is a real scary area to start going into. Um, our legislators have, are attempting to go into that. Um, they're attempting to go into it, and we'll talk about one of the bills that has to do with everybody with a concealed carry weapon um, needs an evaluation. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But right now, if you're a convicted felon, if you're a criminal, if you've got a record of doing something, you lose your rights. Now, if you're a law-abiding citizen... You don't have a criminal record. You're not a convicted felon. You're not a violent person who's trying to hurt innocent people. There is absolutely no reason why your rights should in any way be restricted because you are not a threat to society. If you're a threat to society and you've proven yourself to be one, that's one thing. But if you're just a law-abiding citizen who's trying to keep yourself and your family safe, there's absolutely nothing that should be put into a legal form or any other form that's going to restrict you from owning a firearm. So, I, and it's come back to me, okay, so I wrote it down here. Okay, so common sense gun laws, all right? You've got people who say common sense gun laws. So if you don't understand, if you don't understand what you're voting against or what mm -hmm. you're, you're, you don't want, um, then it, you say, well, I'm going to tell you what's common sense. And that's, these are people who are taking information that other people are digesting and regurgitating. And exactly. that's it. So these common sense gun laws, I remember back, okay, a year or two ago, um, when the, the big push was, we're going to, you know, we want to get, we want common sense gun laws, but we don't want to take your guns away. Do you remember that? Absolutely. We don't want to take your guns away. I don't know what you people are fighting for and why you guys are overreacting because gun owners were overreacting oh. and everything. Okay. So now let's go to Virginia. Okay. And in Virginia, Let's watch Virginia. Scary stuff. We talked about this last episode. But in Virginia, they don't want it, right? They, they've been saying all along, we don't want to take your guns away. Holy cow. What are some, do you have some of the laws oh, that it, are it's passed? Oh, it's ridiculous what Virginia, they're trying to do there. They, I think it's very clear to even people who lack common sense, and those are the I lack common, common sense gun laws. Um, and you just got to put that in there. It's I lack. 
because common sense is going to tell you that the guns guns in the hands of civilians do work yes there are accidents but with anything else there are accidents people have access to alcohol and some people don't cars. use it properly they abuse it they cause an accident mm -hmm. cars same thing so with guns we got to put it in the same in this in the same uh, in the same pot it's an accident's happened, but the thing is, is more people are protected, more people are saved, more people live and are alive today because of um, common citizens having firearms. Well, Virginia is getting really hot because they're taking a culmination of all the laws around the country and kind of putting it into one pot, kind of like Florida is. Um, Florida is definitely following their model or attempting to follow their model. And you've got Bloomberg throwing 500000 in there, and you've got all these other funders coming in and all these anti-gun groups coming tell in. Me, tell me some of the Virginia laws. Tell me some of the Virginia laws that people who aren't really into this all the time, you know, they're taking care of their kids. Right. They're well, one of them is they're banning school a, and all that. what they call assault weapons, okay. um, which is like what Florida is trying to do. Ban assault weapons now. Now, right? the definition of assault weapon includes pretty much every gun that you ever have um, every pistol you've ever owned, except for a five-shot revolver. How, how is they're that? Talking about magazines. They're, talking, they're talking about big black guns. Again, devil's advocate here. Um, they're talking about those big black scary guns, mm -hmm. the, the AR-15s, those weapons of war, which are not but weapons the, of war. The definition but, of an assault weapon that they're using covers pretty it covers the the little Marlin 22 you shot squirrels with as a kid that that has a magazine in it that holds more than five rounds holds more than 10 rounds some of them hold 20 rounds um, it covers your pistol that now holds more than 10 rounds um, covers any firearm capable of taking a magazine that holds more than 10 rounds well that's pretty much every five every magazine except so, a five shot revolver so let's let's not confuse this with magazine sizes so like california they have a, a maximum magazine size of 10 rounds mm -hmm. okay but now this law in virginia is a gun capable of holding a magazine so that means that you could right. get an aftermarket magazine yep for your firearm which means that now deems that firearm capable uh, are uh, capable of holding that the um, right and, that and much. in typical sheep fashion that's what's happening in Florida too. Um, that's one of the, the laws that they're trying to put into place. One of the bills that's out there. If the gun is capable of handling a magazine more than ten rounds, it don't matter if you own one or can even buy one there. If it has the possibility that somebody could make one and put it in there and it would work, you can't have that gun. And this is stuff that people who are just like your general mm. average person who's thinking that they're voting for a common sense gun law is actually, they're, they're doing more harm to themselves and future generations as well as their, uh, their it gets citizens worse though, in their area. Because so, it's not just the weapon that they're using, but it, it's they're, they want to ban rangers. They want to ban your ability to train with I a firearm. I heard fire about round. that. That's in Virginia. Mm -hmm. That's Virginia. Now, how is that? We don't want to take your guns. If all of a sudden you have to be a, um, you you can't operate a shooting range where people can practice unless, unless it's state state owned. State right. owned. Mm -hmm. So wait a minute. That doesn't sound like a common sense gun law. So it sounds to me like they opened the door to let in some common sense gun laws. And the next thing that happened is they flooded in all of this scary um, gun confiscation type legislation. And it's sitting there right now. Aren't they, they're talking about that right now, aren't they? Right, they're actually, yeah, it's the 13th, they start talking about it. Um, they're gonna stop voting on some of this stuff. So what they're doing is they're going to an extreme so that if they only get 50% of what they ask for, that's still an absolute enormous extreme amount of restriction upon your personal rights. 
Um, they're, right. they're going to totally ridiculous and so that people say, well, we won this and won that. It was a compromise here. But it's the compromises that kill you. The compromises are what's stepping on your rights. It's a death by a thousand bites, except they're taking many, many steps just in that compromised state that they're shooting for um, that's going to totally squash your ability to defend yourself. Yeah. One of those laws passing is too many. It's and, and again, and they're just going to continue to keep coming back. And what, what we're learning is that um, the Democrats are not the only ones who are supporting this. Right. So, so let's bring some of this. Are you finished talking about Virginia and their sure. legislation? Let's bring <laughs> some of this to Florida because, hello, folks, it's time to wake up mm -hmm. because there are um, bills and supporting mirror bills in both the Senate and in the House that are yeah, going to scare the heck out of you. And this is right here in Florida. We're no longer talking about Virginia. Okay. Hit I've got kind of a list of all the bills and, and kind of descriptions of them. There's a few of them I want to share that's really important. And we're going to make this available on our website, too. Absolutely. So you, you guys, you can look at it, look it up yourself. Now, first of all, there are 42 gun bills in the legislature in Florida right now. 42 of them. Okay. Of those, five of them are pro-gun. And actually, I wouldn't even call them all pro-gun. And let's go through them. So of the pro-gun style bills... We have HB 183. Notice it's a House bill. It came out of the House that enables elected officials to conceal carry in meetings. Not people attending the meetings at the government buildings and that, but the elected officials. This is officials. a pro-gun bill, This huh? is a pro-gun bill. This oh, is isn't pro that as nice? It gets, right? Okay. We have HB 273, which is the absolute best one going. It's constitutional carry, permitless carry for the state of Florida. If you're not a criminal, you can carry a gun. You don't need a permit. And they will issue a permit in order for you to get reciprocity with other states if you need it. But you don't need a permit to carry it with we, that one. We really need to go in that direction in order to stop a lot of these other smaller, mm -hmm. and you're going to be reading those, the anti-gun bills in oh, Florida. Oh, yeah, I've got two pages But I'm going to tell you, and, and this, this um, permit, uh, the uh, permitless carry, or mm -hmm. the constitutional carry, be, yep. meaning you're protected by the Constitution, the Second Amendment, you can right. carry a firearm. If you're a law-abiding citizen, there's no reason why you can't have a firearm. So... So if this was such a, oh my gosh, this is frightening, this is horrible, as much as a lot of anti-gun people play it, then where are our law enforcement officials, the people who are sworn to protect us as law-abiding citizens, and these people who will um, do and say what it takes in order to keep us safe? So mm -hmm. where are they speaking out? Well, every LEO I talk to is in favor of law-abiding citizens hold, holding firearms. I mean, they know that they're a reactive element in society. And but what I mean by that is they can't do anything until something happens. The problem is that something happened. So that something happened and you were on the receiving end of it. You're now a victim. You had no ability to stop that from happening. And now they need to pick up the pieces. And that's how it works. And they know that. They can't get there fast enough to help you to stop it from happening. And, and think of it this way. Okay, so shots are fired. Somebody calls law enforcement. Well, hello. The shots have already been fired. Whatever's going to happen to you is currently happening to you. Mm -hmm. And they are coming as fast as they can to save you. And you were unable to defend yourself. We need to start making it so that we can be our own first line of defense where we don't have these restrictions by our Florida government of where we can and cannot carry or whether or not we can carry subject to the approval of somebody who's in a position who may want to have ulterior motives like what's going on in Virginia. Oh, we really don't want to take your guns. But you know what? Now that we have access to control your access to a um, concealed carry permit, I think we're going to raise that bar a little bit higher. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that that's a big problem. 
and um, and I mean, among statistic, other things. Statistically, three to seven seconds is when everything happens. Look at Texas, right in the middle, six seconds. Okay. Everything happens in that amount of time. There's no way law enforcement can get to you fast enough unless they're already in the room waiting for it to happen. And our law enforcement officers are not speaking out saying this is terrible, this is unsafe, this is going to change our culture. Make note of this. They are not saying this, but there are people who are anti-gun, people who lack common sense and want common sense gun control. These are the people to me, that feels like that's not common sense. Mm -hmm. If my law enforcement officer, my sheriff, Sheriff Wayne Ivey, um, is not opposing the general population of carrying and having their own first line of defense, then I think that right there, it's a moot point. It's like people, make your own decisions. Think for yourself. Our business deals with or assists people who have been victims of crime all the time. We've got a large percentage of people who walk through the door. They've got stalkers. They've been attacked. They've been yeah. assaulted. It happens all the time. And they'll say, we'll hear, like, I need a gun. Or I talked to a friend of mine who is a law enforcement officer, and he told me, get a gun. That um, happens a lot. Law enforcement sends women to us all the time. Mm-hmm. And and if you're if you're a victim of domestic violence, you have a stalker, you need a firearm. You need to defend yourself because a police officer cannot be there all the time. And the volume of it is staggering. Um, it is. The amount of crime that's happening. I had no people, idea. I've had people walk walk into the shop. We're down um, Mint Road in Palm Bay, and they'll say, "Why do I need a gun around here? Nothing ever happens." Well, look at the stats. There well, was like four murders in the area in the last eight months. But like, the other thing is, if you're not seeing the crime in our area, that's because law enforcement in our area is doing their job. That's right, keeping it okay. Under wrap. And what they're doing is they are keeping the the crime is there. But what they're doing is they're working hard. They're putting their lives on the line, and they are keeping that crime out of our section of society. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's important, and that's a difficult job, and we need to support them for that. So don't go around and leave your front door unlocked because I live in a safe neighborhood, and I uh, yeah, and there's no crime around here. Yeah, yeah, and it's no. You're leaving your door unlocked because you're foolish. This is not the day and age where you leave your front door unlocked because. Crime and criminals will find a way. You live in a nice neighborhood. Well, heck, think about it. They're going to want to come in and rob your nice things. They're not going to go to the house next door that everybody's living on stuff that, you know, they picked up on the roadside. So, you know, think about this, people. And where you got your law enforcement who are supporting carrying a firearm, please seriously consider this. And please consider not voting against right. um, the you Second gonna- Amendment. Are you going to listen to the guys who deal with it every day, or are you going to listen to a, pop, a politician who's surrounded by bodyguards, who lives in a million-dollar home out in the middle of nowhere, who's fully protected, who says you don't need a gun in your home, and as Bloomberg said, and to paraphrase, you're stupid if you have a gun in your home. So who are you I, going to listen to? Well, that, that sounds like a lot of common sense to me. <laughs> you're stupid if you need a gun in your home. Yeah, publicly made that statement, so... Well, he don't have one in his home. He's got them surrounding him. So, well, this is a guy that we want uh, president. Yeah. President. Yeah, he's running for president. Just in case you didn't know that. Okay. You hear that name a lot. Yeah. So we we covered two. Two of the pro bills. Okay. And we're on pro, we're not even on the anti bills yet. No. Campus carry <laughs> okay. HP six thousand and one. Nice. It's a good one because why have a whole campus full of young people completely defenseless? And we've seen right. this Virginia Tech. Yeah. Same thing. Um, Virginia Tech was a client of mine at the time. Uh, they Everything that happened there was a gun-free zone. And what happened? You had a guy go in there. Disaster. 
happened at more than one campus and because you've got a vulnerable population. So campus carry let's, is a good idea. Let's just make the young women on campuses really easy victims because, you know, oh. boys will be boys. And college campuses are notorious for sexual assaults. Yeah. Um, I've worked at college campuses all my life. Um, it's very common. And what do they do? They put security guards, maybe three of them, around the whole campus of a huge 100-acre campus. Um, where they put little stations you can go to and hit a button and call for help. Well, if you call them for help, it already happened. So, Well, let me tell you something. Just last week, um, Eastern Florida State College sent out an email to their students, and they said that they are permitted to have a firearm Excellent. in their vehicle. They can have it on the um, property, but they cannot have it on campus. Here's the problem. It's in their vehicle. They get out of class at 10 o'clock at night. they got to make it to their vehicle. Everybody knows they don't have the guns inside. They, they know they can have guns in their vehicle. Yeah, so where point. are you going to hit them? Where are you going to intercept yeah. them? I mean, and here we are. We're at the point now where we're celebrating these tiny little victories when really they're really not solving the problem. Exactly. Um, and, and there's so much more that needs to be done to keep people safe. And random guns and, hey, I happen to have a gun in my hand, so I'm going to shoot you just because you took my parking spot. That stuff doesn't happen. No, and there are so many people out there that are trying to scare you into thinking that. And, you know, again, use common sense. Majority of gun owners have, take a lot of, they take it extremely seriously. Mm -hmm. um, firearm, carrying a firearm and, and having it with them. Okay, so we get to three of the pro. Um HB 6003, this is a big one. This is the one that reverses all the legislation that came in after Parkland. So, but it's all grouped into one. Okay. Which means it's going to be a battle to even get anywhere with it. And we're going to talk about the battle to get anywhere with it in a minute after I hit the last one. But Okay, because um, I got something I want to say on that, but I'll hold it if you've got something yep. else to say. Um, and we do have one Senate bill that can be considered partially pro-gun, um, just one. The other's a House and that is SB 1310, and that is a hunting and fishing sales tax holiday that enables tax-free gun sales. That's the most pro-gun the Senate has come up with. It is the only pro-gun bill the Senate came out with. Now, the Senate has 22 anti-gun bills. Okay. The Wait a minute. Is the, is the Senate supporting any of those House no. bills, here's the pro-gun House bills? Here's the problem. We have five that we could loosely say are pro-gun bills. Some of them are definitely pro-gun bills. But it takes a couple of things. One, it takes sponsors. Another, it takes a companion bill in the Senate for a House bill to go through and vice versa as well. So how many companion bills do we have for those House bills that are out there our, that you just read? Of our little handful of pro-gun bills, there are no companion bills. So our senators are not stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to back you on this. Exactly. So, so we have a majority of Republican um, senators right now. Uh, yes. Is that correct? We have four more senators right. um, than the Democrats do, yet our majority is not supporting... Well, pro-gun legislation. Here's the problem. The president of the Senate, a Republican, um, is very anti-gun and has received a half a million dollars from an anti-gun group for his campaigning. That's nuts. So it's your Everytown USA PAC, Bloomberg again, the name keeps coming up, has $500,000 going to his campaign. So the president of the Senate is pushing anti-gun, even though he's a Republican and supposed to be pro-gun by... Party line, rhino all the way. Rhino. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and he's pushing against it. You also got lobbying, heavy, heavy lobbying happening with these guys. Um, and I'm not going to get into depth with it now, but there's these groups like Bond 
and ban like, assault weapons now. There's even a, a veterans group that veterans for common con- gun control or whatever. There's probably like 14 that. members in that. Right, exactly. But it, it sounds it's going to be inflated to make it sound like, room. hey, veterans, you need to kind of yeah, jump on board and be one of us responsible veterans. I now, really think that everything that they've got going on, they're a minority. But the thing is, is what they have the loudest bullhorns. Mm-hmm. So the rest of us are thinking, wow, they're really loud. There must be a lot of them. And we really need to kind of clear that out of our heads. Exactly. And what it, there's a lot of is funding. And that's the problem. And a lot of a lot of people pushing for it. You got funding sources that go back to Bloomberg. You even got funding sources that go back to right in our home state of Florida. Um, they. How do you know that? There is, the, there's the a attorneys? whole thing coming out now. Um, a lot of information is coming out where all of these born and all these other groups use a common mailbox. Holy cow. So the funding sources are big. The lobbying's big. Um, the president of the Senate's pushing for gun control. And even though we have a majority there, we can't get one senator to do a companion bill on any one of, let's say, four. I don't consider the hunting and fishing sales tax holiday to be one. Any of the four. Um, Now, here's the other thing. We have, there's 42 total, right? Five of them are pro, one of them's neutral. We have 36 anti-gun bills out there. Every single one of them has sponsors and it has a companion bill. So What the heck? 22 of these came from the Senate. 14 of them came from the House. So so what we need to do is we need to start getting um, in touch with our... uh Senators. Our senators. Yeah, because the and House would help out, too, but I hey. gotta, I got to tell you, so I went to the Second Amendment um, forum there. The um, Oh, my goodness. Great. Say it again for me, Richard. What is the that Brevard forum? Brevard County Gun Rights Preservation Forum. Yep, you had to read that. So I that did. That was on I my cheated. notes. I left it home. <laughs> okay, so we, we went to that, and, you know, you hear all of these people talking about how our senators aren't working for us and, and how they're not submitting these companion bills so that the stuff can get out of the House. So the following day, I think it was, I went to a Republican luncheon, and I had a um, I had an opportunity to speak with Debbie Mayfield, our senator. Um, she was having lunch. Oh, right, almost. I wouldn't want to say a stone's throw. I wouldn't throw anything at her, but. Um, I'm like, okay, I got to use this opportunity. And I'm thinking, well, all these other women who were at that that forum the night before, they're going to want to talk to her too. Like, hey, hey, what's going on? Why aren't you, right? Let me tell you something. I sat there in a room for over two hours with 85 women and not one of them walked up to Debbie Mayfield. So I'm waiting until things calm down and I'm going to walk over and I'm going to have a chat with her and just ask her, you know, what are you thinking? What are your reasons? What do you have? um, You know, how are your feelings about a lot of these um, pro-gun bills that aren't getting sponsorship from the Senate? And, um, And Debbie said to me she didn't know about them. She had no idea that there were these, um, you know, pro-gun bills out there that needed Senate sponsorship. And it was already too late for her to draft anything. And and I think that we need to get on board and we need to get um, proactive instead of reactive because our reaction, you know, this pro-gun community... Uh, we need to stop reacting and we start and we need to start getting proactive and we've got to get into this talking to these people let let your senator know so you always hear that write your senator let your senator know and we all sit back and go yeah everybody else is doing that i don't need to or what's even worse is i'm just one person i won't matter 
Well, let me tell you, I was the one person, I was the only woman who walked up to her at this lunch, and I'm the only woman who talked to her. I had an exchange of emails and information after that. She was very friendly, very responsive. Uh, I communicated with her assistant, and I feel as though we have a really nice um, open channel of communication. People, every individual, if you're going to cast a vote, you need to follow up on these people too. And, um, and you need to... Get, if you don't know how to reach them, again, go to Florida Two-Way. I've got it in the announcements. There's a way to reach out to them very easily. All their contact information. People do it every day. The anti-gunners do it every day. We need to be doing it. They're organized. That's the problem. As they've got this organized group of people who are full-time employees, and they're sitting there going, okay, everybody, here's our little call chain, and now you need to send these emails. And you know what? These people are sitting in your senator's offices. These people are standing outside the door knocking on the door of your representative. Hey, I saw what you did yesterday. Hey, I didn't like this. You said something pro-gun. I don't want you to do that. And let me tell you, they're only human. And if they're not hearing somebody support what's going on and support, hey, I want you to support guns, you're not hearing it, but everybody belly aches on, um, on Facebook and, you know, you go to these forums. Well, they weren't at the forums. Hello. They weren't at the forums. Well, there's no accountability. They're not going to have anybody mad at them. They're going to do some stuff on Facebook. It's People avoidance. aren't going to see it. And and you know what? There's They don't have to because nobody's going to, you know, the, uh, the pro-gun people, they're going to be pissed for a while. They're going to let it go. And, um, and I'm just going to go about my way. But every time these anti-gun people bang on my door, they give me a headache. Well, maybe we need to start giving people some headaches. But I do know one thing that we do need to do, and we need to take a break, because I just glanced up and I saw a lot of comments, and we really got carried away. I want to start reading through these comments, and I want to start bringing this stuff in, and we still have tons more to talk about, folks. So stay tuned, and we will be right back after a few moments. All right, all right. This is Doug Monda. This is Karen Monda. And Chris Hadaway. And we're the host of Survive, the new podcast brought to you by the Survive First Foundation, a nonprofit organization assisting first responders and their families in need of mental health support due to the lifestyle of being a first responder. So, Chris, tell us what we're going to have. We're coming to you from retired and active law enforcement officers, as well as their spouses, to discuss the responder life. Don't forget, this is an unedited and raw podcast, so we need your interactive suggestions and advice to help us help others. So find us live on our Survive First Facebook page and join in the conversation, or find us on demand on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere you listen to podcasts from the Space Coast Podcast Network to you. Are you in the market for a new home? 
Perhaps you need to sell your old home and downsize or relocate. Hey there, my name is Jesse Hall with eXp Realty, and I offer professional real estate services right here on the Space Coast. Give me a call, 321-877-8737 for all of your real estate needs. Again, 321-877-8737 for all of your real estate needs. Buy, sell, invest with the best. Find out more at 321-BuySellInvest.com. everybody we're back we took a brief break and I uh, just want to let you know that if you want to be a sponsor and you want to be shown up on that screen on our breaks we will be more than happy to talk with you you can reach out to me Maria at ladiesgunstore.com or you can pick up the phone give me a call or leave me a message right here on our uh, on our our Facebook feed so um, we're going to be getting back to these hot topics. Um, mm -hmm. We're talking about the legislation. Actually, have we even started talking about we the legislation? We haven't even the started the, the anti ones. This um, is the anti-support for the positive ones. And the, we just kind of like right, totally did right. a rant here. So what we? I'm going to do, because in the interest of time, because I know we're going to run out of time today. Give me some that should really scare the hell out of gun owners. Okay. And these are Florida. These bills are proposed in the state of Florida. Yep. Write these down. Not Check somewhere them out. else, people. HB 117 requires a mental health evaluation and a letter to the effect from a professional in order to get your CCW. So you've got to go get evaluated and get it documented that you they feel that you're capable of handling a concealed and carry see, weapon. And this is the stuff right now where you think it's innocent enough, mm. okay, because nobody wants somebody who is a psycho holding a firearm, okay, just like the guy in the church shooting, okay? I agree with that. Here's the problem. Let's go a little bit deeper. It's subjective. Define it. Exactly. That's number one. It's subjective. Okay. Number two, it is what, what doctor in his right mind is going to feel comfortable signing that piece of paper. That doctor cannot go out and, and, and see into the future of what you may or may not do. And they're putting themselves on the line. Now these are mental, whether they're a mental health professional or not, they need to not for a regular people. If oh, this ridiculous. person is being released from an institution, this person has a history of some sort of run-ins with the law where they have mental health issues, and a doctor saying, you know what, hey, they're they're good to release into society, that's something different. But this, we're talking about general, you know, John Q. Jones and, and Mary Smith Not to mention need who's a letter. Doing it. Yeah, so who's this therapist, who's this counselor, who it is that's chosen by the state? That's this even guy might willing be last to in do his it. class, not have a clue, be anti-gun from the beginning, and think nobody should carry a gun. So and, bam, no letter. And that's why we need constitutional carry. Mm -hmm. Because these are the, they're raising the bar. There are more and more restrictions. Let's, let's tighten this loophole more and more so we can slowly eliminate the people who are able to exercise the Second Amendment in the state of Florida. The answer to this is constitutional carry. Mm -hmm. We need a companion bill. We need constitutional carry to pass in Florida, and that will be thrown out because it'll be useless. Right. HB 273, constitutional carry. That's the one we need to push. 
Um, That's the positive one. Okay. Another big one, background check for ammunition sales. They tried this in California. It completely locked up the system. They were law enforcement officers unable to purchase ammo for months because it locked up the system. They want to do a background check on every bit of ammunition you so buy. So this isn't, remember, we're not going back to, hey, we don't want to take your guns. We just want to get rid of those big, scary black guns, right? No, it's not. If we can't take your guns, we're going to take the ammunition from you. We're going to make it harder for you to access ammunition so that your gun is basically not much more than a paperweight or a baseball bat. Right. Again, it's another area. They're coming around and they're trying to close in that circle even more in Florida. Here's the scary part with the ammunition thing. Not only a background check, but record keeping on who bought what ammo. And they're saying we're going to wait until we, a couple of years before we do it, and the records will remain confidential for five years. Well, remain confidential for five years. What happens after five years? So now they've got a record of every bit of ammo that everybody bought as well as every gun that you bought. And what purpose and does that serve? So, okay, I have five boxes of ammo. The guy down the street has 200 boxes of ammo. What purpose does that serve? Exactly. If you're a law-abiding citizen, why does it matter? Exactly. And that doesn't mean he still has it or he's going to commit a crime with it. I go to the range, I'll blow 200 rounds in an hour and a half. I mean, it's gone sometimes faster. So what are they going to do? Start rationing ammunition? Well, they, they don't want you to be able to train either. So that's another thing. So, But that's Virginia. Right, that's right. That's Virginia, not Florida. Right. So You're not allowed to train in, in right. Virginia. So what does that remind us of? So back to 1931, the Weimar Republic in Germany where they heard that there were people who were planning dangerous things, so they started a registration of everything that was purchased, all guns that were purchased. Who's they? They, the government, the Weimar Republic, the people leading Germany before the Nazis. What what com country is this taking Germany. place in? In Germany. Okay. Right. So then what happens? 1933, the Nazi party gets into, into office, and they take all of those records that, just like, hey, you know, we're not going to open them up for five Harmless years. Harmless records? Right. That and are safe they for start five years. using them. And then they stopped the gun confiscation. And they went around to all the Jewish communities and they confiscated the guns. And once they had that, 1938... How were they able to confiscate guns from an ammunition uh, registration? No, it was a gun registration that they had. But if we have an ammunition registration and a gun registration, if you buy an ammo, you get a gun. It's pretty common sense. Mm -hmm. so, so now they're going around collecting all the guns. So what happens in 1938? They go around and collect the people. 30,000 people rounded up and put on trains to concentration camps. Um, okay. That same people that they disarmed in 1933. And there's going to be people saying, oh, my gosh, here we go. Now we're comparing, you know, laws, proposed laws in Florida to Hitler and Germany. Because and they're the, the, the rounding same laws. Of the and I really think it's important for us to be learning from our history. Yes. And, and that's what it is, is you don't pretend that history didn't happen. You learn from it. You watch from it. And I'll bet you money that there's somebody out there who has... Um, this grand scheme of a disarmed America who's probably following the same doggone rule book because it was proven successful. Proven successful. And they were able to round up they were able to round up those Jews. Mm -hmm. And it's the same sets of laws, the same steps, the same steps they're taking. So they're so following a cookbook. It's this a is cookbook. a recipe. Yes, and it's been so done we're before. recognizing this recipe in the cookbook of how to take over a nation. And and what is so it? we're not being control the media, control yep. the health care control the education system, disarm the people. Now what do you got? You got puppets who can't defend themselves. And that's exactly the steps we've been taking. Look what happened with our educational system. Look what's going on with the fake news media. Yeah. All of it. It's a cookbook. They're following it step by step. And now they're trying to disarm the people. Biggest push ever. So 
It's not going to be easy. No. So there's a bigger agenda to this thing, and people think it's a conspiracy theory. Well, keep digging into the history books. They thought it was a conspiracy theory in 1931 as well. Yeah. A lot of stuff happening. So, so maybe we're onto a conspiracy. I mean, let's let's open our eyes exactly. to that. Maybe there is a conspiracy going on. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's something. Bottom line is, we we really need to be opening our eyes, paying attention to what's happening, and really dealing with the real problems in real ways. And when you've got people out there committing crimes against other people using firearms, and we have a legal system, and those people are getting their crimes expunged and put back on on the street, I think that's where the breakdown is. Absolutely. So these people need to be going into prison. We need maybe we need to invest more money into prisons. Maybe we need more prisons. Let's build them taller. Okay? But we need to keep these people out of society. That's what's going to protect us, not taking away the guns from law-abiding right. How many people. times do we read about somebody who's killed by somebody who's already been in and out of jail four or five times, has so many and felonies? And firearm felonies. Yes. And these people are still out there. Mm-hmm. Do a little bit of research on some of the, the firearm shootings over in Orlando. I mean, it happens every night, right? Mm-hmm. And, and see, how many times have those people been in trouble? Are those good law-abiding citizens who are fighting over a parking spot? No. These are people who are criminals. That's their way of life. They and have no stops. They, they have no social uh, boundaries. And they're not going to show up for a mental health evaluation to get a concealed carry permit to get their gun. Mm, good point. Good point. Well, they've already had it. They, they failed. So, Other laws. Well, the background check for ammunition is a mess. The big one, HB 627, prohibits the sale, prohibits the sale of assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, Requires registration if you're going to have grandfathered weapons. Um, and the big thing with this is it's extended to pistols. So, and this is where it comes in, like I was talking earlier. If you have a pistol capable of handling a magazine that's capable of holding more than 10 rounds, then it's prohibited under this law. That's every single semi-automatic firearm ever created is capable of doing that. And, and that's another thing that, you know, we may be reading into this because we understand firearms and we understand the descriptions and there's so many people out there who don't understand firearms or descriptions they hear oh big black rifle that's those are the scary ones nobody needs to have those and they don't realize that all the fine print on the same law that they're going to vote and and that they're attempting to pass is going to reach down so much deeper just like the marjorie stoneman douglas legislation Mm. okay it sounded I could see where somebody who didn't understand what they were doing would see, okay, yeah, this sounds good all the way around, but then it had tentacles. And these tentacles messed things up all the way down and through and really infringed on our rights. And that's something that really we, we should learn from this, learn from it. You need to be pushing your representatives in the, in the House and in the Senate. Don't accept, don't vote for don't allow this to happen anymore because these tentacles are built in and they don't understand what they're doing. Exactly. And it's re- the whole gun magazine thing is, is just a smokescreen, too. I mean, the 10 rounds and everything. It's irrelevant how many rounds are in your magazine. Anybody who's ever trained on how to change magazines quickly, you can do it in under a second. Give me 10 magazines, each holding two rounds. I can blow through those as fast as almost having one magazine that holds them all. Um, it's not a matter of how many bullets are in the gun or even if the gun's capable of doing it. It's the mental capacity of the person doing it, what they intend to do, who they intend to do it to. It's got nothing to do with the, what you can do with that gun in your hands. It's ridiculous. 
I wonder what's um, underneath that, because that sounds pretty, well, that's a no-brainer. We can go ahead and vote for that. Mm. So I wonder what tentacles are attached to that bill that make it go a whole lot deeper and that infringe in a little bit more of our rights. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it any, goes everywhere. Any infringement's unacceptable. Um, you want another one? There's, there's like 40 of them. <laughs> now, you know what? Let's talk really briefly about, yeah. um, while we've got... Well, we have four minutes left. Okay. Um, so I'm going to put this up on Florida 2A. Okay. Well, you know what we can do, too, is we can also, the, our next episode, we mm -hmm. can get into some more of these oh, yeah, because they're still going to be debated. Oh, yeah, we're still going to be tracking them going through. So what we're going to do is the ones that we discussed today, we're going to put up on Florida 2A. Yep. And and then uh, the other ones, we're going to be, we're going to revisit them again in our next podcast, okay. which is going to be two weeks from today. Um Let's talk about the forum, the um, Gun Rights Preservation Forum mm -hmm. up in Cocoa that we both attended. Um, Jesse, we need another one, too. Go ahead. Jesse, were you able to attend that? No. No, I missed it. I, 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 felt, I felt bad, but I had another conflict. All right. Well, I'll tell you, there was a lot going on. Um, there were a lot of good things said, and you kind of heard them from the individual. So um, I had talked to Sheriff Wayne Ivey. Um, a while back, and, and when one of the first counties in Florida declared themselves a Second Amendment sanctuary, and uh, sent him an email, and he called me back, and, and I said, well, you know, what can we do? Uh, I'll, do the, I'll do all the groundwork. What do you need from me? I'd really love to see um, Brevard County be a Second Amendment um, sanctuary. And he said, we already are. He said, we're a Second Amendment sanctuary inside a Second Amendment state. The, the Second Amendment protects the entire country. And he said, you know, that's where he's going to go with it. And he also talked about this at the forum. And if Jesse's able to pull up a, a video, I'd like to go to that because you're going to hear it directly from Sheriff Ivy and, and what he said to this group of people that gathered. And it was standing room only. I'm telling you, the place was packed. Lots of folks interested. We got a bandwidth issue. We're absorbing it all. <laughs> all right well i'm going to put this up on our um ladies gun show page and you'll be able to see it and hear it for yourself but sheriff ivy goes on to say that you know he's this is what we are this is who we are we've always been and his his 1500 deputies are going to be our first line of defense so um, it's, it's interesting to know he is a great man and we need to be supporting him and whatever he asks for in order to continue to protect us. We need to keep that going. Absolutely. Um, he is, has a very good friend up in Virginia who is also a sheriff and he's dealing with the horrible things that are going on in Virginia. So he's going to have a heads up on what works, what doesn't work. And I hope that he's offering some support and some great ideas up there too. I think that it's important for all of us to be um, supporting Virginia in any way that we can because when that fight comes to us I'm going to hope that other people from around the nation come and offer us support too mm -hmm. because we're going to need it I think that our nation needs to pull together and I think that there are some very dark forces and they're beginning to really um, reveal their cards right now mm -hmm. so um, thank you very much for tuning in do you have anything left that you no, want to I'm say no i'm good in it's um actually i have a million things to say but i'm going to save it for the next one we'll save it for our next episode <laughs> you okay. mention your event no. no we actually canceled it oh okay so, um 
but anyway, we are, um, we're happy that you tuned in. Thank you for your time. I'm sorry that we, we didn't manage our time well enough to get to your comments, um, but we did see them and read them. And, um, and I hope that again, you tune in again next, uh, the next time we, we have our next podcast and, uh, and give us our, com your comments. If you have questions, reach out to us beforehand. If you don't want to wait for the podcast, we'll be happy to address them during the podcast. So again, thank you very much. Law-abiding firearms owners need to unite.